before you dive into Now We Know, just don't forget about Real Relatable. This is Donna Green, and you're listening to Real Relatable. People often look at us and think we have it all together, but we are all facing struggles or battling various life circumstances. This podcast is to let you know that you are not alone. We're here to celebrate the wins, pinpoint moments of growth, and challenge one another to be true to ourselves. As we navigate our individual life's journeys, there's a time to break down the barrier and share so we become that much more real and that much more relatable brought to you wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Donna Green. And I'm Jonathan Stokes. And this is Now We Know. The monthly podcast where we unpack and repack our Black history as you relate it to the world of today. What didn't we learn? What do we want to learn? What do we need to revisit to establish the historical truth and not just what we were taught? We're here to learn and grow together as a community with the intention of bringing awareness to better our futures. Well, here we are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, no, I, I mean, I welcome all. Um, we are absolutely drained because um, this episode required some viewing of some things that were draining. Uh, <laughs> we'll get into the nitty gritty very soon, but wow. I know. Before we even get into the nitty gritty, it's like open a window, smudge with some sage. Yes. Keep it burning the whole episode yes. and then smudge again after because we just we need it. Like the torture, <laughs> the pure torture we yeah. went through for the preparation of this episode is <laughs> undeniable. I can't. It's almost unimaginable. This seriously yeah you did it and we are here hanging on by an absolute thread (laughs) (laughs) we should drop our cash apps for this one like (laughs) i think you know what i part of me thinks that we did it for y'all but a big part let me just expose this this was my idea i figured it's it's Halloween horror movies. Let's talk about some scary shit. And the first thing that comes to mind is racism in film, you know, um, how we've been depicted over time um, in cinema. And who's the big baddie of Black representation in film? But Birth of a Nation. Um, and it's something that I have referenced a lot. Um, in different spaces just because you know you know about it um if you know anything about film i have yet to watch it i've seen clips in other documentaries and things like that i've kind of understood what the story was i definitely understand the impact that the movie had on filmmaking hollywood like blockbusters epics that kind of thing um and i also fully understand that it has a huge like huge spot in how black people have been represented on camera. And since I care so much about film and media and uh, media analysis and how that forms real life consequences and opinions, this was a movie that I had been thinking about needing to watch for a long time but obviously hadn't really had a reason to just pop it on. Um so and it is not an easy pop it's not an easy pop it is grueling um so this is gonna be like trigger warning galore yeah like absolutely won't be current day politically correct Mm -mm. as we get into the drama of birth of a nation so for those who may not have you know gouge out their eyes to see this film. Um, the Birth of a Nation is a landmark silent film released in 1915, 107 years later, and it's still doing what it's doing. That was the first blockbuster Hollywood hit. Um, it was the longest and most profitable film then produced and most artistically advanced film of its day. It secured both the future of feature-length films and the re- and the reception of a film 
as a serious medium, an epic about the American Civil War that lasted from 1861 to 1865 and the Reconstruction era that followed. It has been long hailed for its technical and dramatic innovations, but condemned for the racism inherent in the script and its positive portrayal of the Ku Klux Klan, the KKK. It's based upon the novel The Klansman um, from 1905 by Thomas Dixon. The two-part epic traces the impact of the Civil War on two families, the Stonemans of the North and the Camerons of the South, each on separate sides of the conflict. The first half of the film is set from the outbreak of the war through the assassination of President Abraham Lincoln, and the concluding section deals with the chaos of the Reconstruction period. That is the premise of Birth of a Nation. Thank you, Britannica.com. <laughs> now, I don't even know where to start with this. First and foremost, like, what was your what was your experience while watching? Not necessarily your how you feel afterwards, but like as you were watching the movie, how was your body feeling and your mind feeling? Like, how were you receiving these things? exhausted yeah first of all i thought that it was two hours everything i pulled up said two hours and five minutes and when i was at the hour and 35 minute mark i thought i was almost done <laughs> but the little ticker said i had another hour and 10 minutes or so no hour and 40 minutes or so left and i was like this does not compute so the torture that I went through in that first 95 minutes, it just it was painful in the sense of the acting is horrible. Oh my God. The settings, again, I get it, it's you know 107 years ago, right? But it was it was just painful to watch from so many different aspects. You have I'm I'm not like a, a film critic, obviously, but from to me, the cinematic part of it was poorly done in terms of the acting and the setting. And I was just like, it seems like they had one take. Yeah. <laughs> and whatever that take was, was what they were putting into the film. And that's why it was three hours long. Yeah. That mixed with the fact that it is a silent film and... Yes. They have to put in the the script cards. I actually don't know what that's called, but um, I don't know. It was almost like how do we even describe it? It's not even it's not subtitles because it's the whole screen that came up every ten minutes or so. I, it depended on you know the kind of the situation, but they would have a little card that popped up over the whole screen that would describe what was about to happen. So. It was like a play-by-play -play in front of your face, um, mm. which did not add to the enjoyment of the film for me because yeah. I don't, I guess I'm just not a silent film person. Um, mm -hmm. And you can get the gist of what they were doing, but, and you see their mouths moving. You see that they're having a conversation, but you can't hear anything. So you're just assuming what they're saying. And um, I don't know. It just, it wasn't. It wasn't my favorite. Um, racism aside, it was right. not my favorite um, film to watch. Yeah. Um, I just found out those cards, those title cards are called intertitles. Um, mm. And the intertitles were the part of the viewing experience that smacked me in the face the most. Because I think I was, I, I had already seen clips from the movie, so I knew it was going to be bonkers. <laughs> like, I knew it was going to be wild and cheap and um, super, you know, dramatic. But mm -hmm. uh, reading what messages were trying to be given to the audience, um, so clear as day um was really I mean I guess I can't say shocking because I know what the movie's about <laughs> like right. um but it was like uh putting it just put a nasty taste in my mouth beyond what is visually there so it was I knew it was going to be an unpleasant watch but it was even more unpleasant because I know how to read 
<laughs> you know, right. like, it would have been something if that wasn't if the intertitles weren't there. But then here we are uh, straight up just writing it out. And I took a few screenshots just so I can like have a reference to what was happening because I'm also never watching this thing again. Absolutely. I never am watching hard pass. And I don't recommend anybody who's listening to this to watch it. Um, no, it's not worth your time and you get the whole gist of the whole thing. Exactly. You know, last month we paid, you know, our $10 to uh, <laughs> to watch a movie. Uh, An amazing a, movie. A beautiful. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Beautiful. Just absolutely incredible um, <laughs> documentary for Afro Latinos. And then this time we just like traumatize ourselves. So y'all oh won't have goodness. to. Um, <laughs> and after this episode, we're, we're taking the rest of the year off. Um, I'm just kidding. We're not. We'll we'll be back here in November. But well, yeah, we're taking just... off um, from from racist propaganda films for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. But to the you know the point of these cards, um, that it is, it's it's really if you could just think of any and all racial stereotypes to be portrayed in one production, one one movie production, it's all in Birth of a Nation, mm -hmm. um, which, the, you know, the whole purpose of this episode is understanding how that um, really just carries along over over time and really kind of sets a tone for more movies and films to be made um, that are also shaping the the idea or the opinions of the public of the time especially when you're thinking about people who have never maybe encountered a black person before outside of, um, you know, seeing them in this film. And it's like, oh my gosh, that's how they are. And you're like, no, duh, of course not. Why would black people, you know, it doesn't make sense. And so again, even just going to the cards, um, it, there was such a distinction to, um, the words that they used, the adjectives that they used to describe um, the North and the South even, and then obviously black and white. And um, it, this kind of references back to our um, Afro-Latino episode um, when they mentioned mulatto, right? Mm. Like we were talking about how that's, you know, not as PC now. Um, but again, it's one of those things. And um so the I guess for let's see I I uh, copied a couple of them or wrote a couple of them down as well, um, but they were saying um, so there's election day right so oh there's in God. the title cards they said election day all blacks are given a ballot while the leading whites are disenfranchised yeah you know <laughs> and it's like oh my gosh poor you like oh it, so it's it's the wording it's the it's the way that they shaped it and really set the the stage there but then on the flip side of that um, when they're talking about the North or trying to portray a Black person um, speaking or think, you know, what was to come in the following scenes, the English grammar, uh, spelling, out oh the window, out I got, the window, <laughs> I took a screenshot of one. What, yeah, awful. go ahead and say what it says, because I didn't, I just, I think I, I was can't. rolling my eyes too hard to... Um, to type it down. I, I'm I'm looking at it right now. I don't know how to say this, but it's a it's um a scene where there is a northern freed um, black man who's played by a white man in blackface that comes to the Cameron's house, and the Cameron's have a mammy right like mm -hmm. um who is also played by a white woman uh super sympathetic to all of the white characters who also are are growing in this film to become part of the kkk which is super mm -hmm. interesting she's she's mm -hmm. one of the heroes uh but she immediately is rejecting any sort of advance because of course the black man that comes from the north is super horny and, mm -hmm. and aggressively so and mm -hmm. he like wiggles his eyebrows at her and she like swats him away whatever and then the, the uh intertidal card that comes up says dim free niggers it, free niggers is spelled great everything else is not <laughs> 
Fum <laughs> they knew how to spell that one. Child, and they weren't going to misspell it. Them free niggas from the north am so crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm. Throughout the entire film, this is this is consistent. It's always um, the Black people are barbarians unless they are fully supportive of the Southern whites and the way that that society has been structured up until then. Um, any amount of power, even if it's in voting, has not only become too much for Black people to handle, but they're abusing their power in order to keep the white man down. I mean, there's another title card um, that's, that's uh, let's see what it says. It's, <laughs> this shit is crazy. It mm-hmm. said, um, the helpless white minority. That's the whole card. <laughs> like, it's just so many of these different messages that were given. And it's, it's so interesting to be in um, 2022 and see these things and kind of recognize it from other rhetoric, other conversations that we see online now. It Absolutely. hasn't really gone far. Like, <laughs> It has not. And the, I guess the, the point of the blackface too, and I'm, I'm just trying to think of like the demographic of those who listen to us, right? Like it, it seems pretty um, diverse, you know, for us, by us, but also for people who um, maybe are not as familiar with, um, with American, black American culture um, mm. and, you know, kind of that experience here and to how how to really portray the um the caricatures that were displayed in this movie um in blackface so they even had kids like Ugh. kids in blackface okay and so the it's the mannerisms um it's the the gestures the mm-hmm. just general appearance um of these people these people in blackface portraying black people it's so it's just egregious like nobody's moving their eyebrows like that or like being so wide-eyed or oh you know moving their mouth really bizarre or um just mo- walking weird and well, you know, like it's all you the just worst. Walk like things. a normal. It's all the worst things. Yeah, all of the worst things. I guess if we do like think about the Little Mermaid, you know, people complain about the Little Mermaid, obviously a fictional character being played mm-hmm. by um, a black Halibale. person. Yeah, and they're like, oh, okay, so we want to replace historic and real black people with white actors as an example of quote unquote, how messed up it is. But I'm like, have y'all seen birth of a nation when y'all see that movie and the stereotypes as Bible to treat black people. And it's like, <laughs> there's also so many other movies with, um, there you can look them up too, but, and there's so many people who have like already gone into depth on, um, movies where they're casting a white person to play, you know, a Native American or um, like a an Asian or Hispanic or you know a Latin American or whatever, and it's already there. So yeah. like <laughs> we don't need to replace anybody, um, especially when we're talking about you know true historical people, real people. And they right. did a lot of that in Birth of a Nation with how much um, blackface there was and yeah oh it was it was painful regarding the blackface in birth of a nation something that i was surprised about that i i don't know how i didn't know but the they did include actual black people in the film and Mm -hmm. they played roles mixed in with the folks in blackface and of course it was bug your eyes out, do this crazy mm-hmm. mannerism. Everything is super stereotypical um, because they were obviously being portrayed as the villain. Um, mm-hmm. But something that another screenshot that I grabbed was uh, was supposed to be like their evil political meaning. And they sh- and they show their causes on signs that they have. And here I'm reading two. They have two signs in the scene and one says 40 acres and a mule which we're familiar mm-hmm. with. The right. other one just says equality, equal rights, equal politics, equal marriage. This is presented as bad. Um, right. 
these are real black people that are in these scenes lord knows they weren't compensated lord knows they didn't like get to probably even see the movie you know what i mean right right. it's that was really shocking to me that black people were a part of the actual filming and one of my very first notes from the movie it just says immediately racist um because, <laughs> like immediately wasted zero time the first uh actual black person i think that i saw unless it was a person in white face which i doubt was a child who fell in the street in front of a carriage and then was snatched up by the back of his mm-hmm. neck like a little child like looked like maybe yeah. four or younger young yeah that was how they popped it off (laughs) right the way that they they stage it i know we mentioned the beginning they go through the civil war and Mm -hmm. um you know the the battle scenes and they really portrayed the south in this um instance as you know the they're they're really you know fighting for righteousness and fighting for what's right and I remember they had um, one of the um, Confederate soldiers go over and just help out the Union soldier and give him some water, uh-huh. just because out of the you know the the dearness of his heart, the kindness of his heart just had to help you know and and take care of of them. Meanwhile, everybody's shooting each other. And so, um, you know, as a as a movie goes on, they talk, uh, they show how the Union soldiers, you know, they come and they really just like pillage the homes mm-hmm. and attacked the women, um, which is funny to me because usually the ones who are crying wolf are those who are telling on themselves. Um, it's very, it's giving twenty twenty two. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and. <laughs> the fact that they like really tried to make it seem like um they were it, it's very much biased it's it's so biased it's not even funny um and and it's really understandable frankly to see how it shaped the perception of society um or continued and continues to from that movie um i will give it the the uh kudos for being historically accurate in terms of there's a civil war people were pissed um abraham lincoln was assassinated then there's reconstruction people are still pissed um so in that in that sequence of events yes is it accurate it is um but it's everything else that's like it's so dramatized that it it's horrible and part of the um the cards that they insert um to really shape what's happening. And they say that it's a policy of the congressional leaders wrought a veritable overthrow of civilization in the South and their determination to put the white South under the heel of the black South. So they're saying like, you know, you give those who are enslaved freedom and what's really going to happen is all the white people are going to be suppressed and, you know, they're going to be under the thumb and under the rule of all the black people because there's so many. So we should just keep it in place because like that's in our favor and Mm -hmm. we're better. So if you could just not change anything, that would be great. Thank you. And that's not how that works. Right. Um, and so they were just really pushing that narrative of um, throughout the entire film that you that everything will be worse. And of course, yeah. nobody wants anything to be worse. But if you're back in that time of day thinking like, oh, this film is like like this is it. This is huge. It's massive. It's you know, it's it's true. Yeah. <laughs> then that's what people are going to think. Because I believe this because I've. Yeah, it reinforces so much. And again, like, honestly, what we're talking about is still in the first half of this three hour movie, because all of this, this world building happens, there's a romance story in here. There's Mm. like, one of the one of the things is like kind of uh, propaganda about the, the willingness to serve the country. Uh, One of the uh, inter uh, intertitles says that a mother's gift to the cause is her three sons, all of which who like die. I think maybe two of them die and one of them survives or something. And it's like, okay, this is crazy. 
even even to y'all you have to realize this is a little bit crazy that your gift to your country or your three sons to go die in civil war so that you can save slavery for the south right and what that stood out to me also um in addition to what it seemed like and i don't know if i understood this correctly but it seems like the women the the cameron women in the south they she like the mother put up her sons and then also they sold like all of their possessions for oh the confederacy yeah. and i was like girl what <laughs> oh and they did you that so <laughs> they make a big deal in the first part about oh oh girls in her last nice dress like it's kind of mm -hmm. building up that these people are um they were well to do and things are going left because this war is happening and they donate their their nice clothes and in this one scene they go through the through the act of donating the clothes being put in like potato sacks and then like oh this is so nice because we helped the cause like mm -hmm. this is so interesting to me because this is also the first propaganda film that I've ever watched and mm -hmm. so I've never seen something so pointed like this mm -hmm. like I haven't even seen Reefer Madness which I think is the fun one uh, this is terrible right they're like give up all your possessions support the confederacy this is this is the answer. They even had a card that said the Confederates to the rescue. Again, right. this is still the first hour and a half. We haven't even gotten to the second part where the real heroes arrive on horseback. Right. Quote, like, quote, unquote. <laughs> insane. Yes. Um, it's, um, it's so interesting, too, because I think that the way that these messages and these scenes played out, it reads just like modern day patriotism like it, mm -hmm. it's just the same thing it's mm -hmm. just the same idea it's everybody with reflective big sunglasses going fishing with their salt life sticker and their 9-11 tributes it's like the mm -hmm. same vibe of sacrifice everything also fuck them niggas you know what i mean like, right, like, right how did this get folded in and part <laughs> This also, th and this is how like the whole church and God, you know, that's all it's in there. Of course it is because mm -hmm. white supremacy would not have thrived if they didn't turn Jesus white yeah. and force it in everybody's <laughs> face. But yeah. so they baptized the first flag of the Confederacy. Ooh. And they, yeah. They're like, it's like they were worshiping it, which is very 2022. Yeah, of is. the American flag with yeah. you know hashtag patriots. Yes, it is. And the way that they taught it to the little girl, she was so giddy about it. She's like, oh my god, like just just thrilled to yeah. receive this flag as if it was like the best thing ever. And then yeah. they have the parades, and it's you know, all this jubilee yeah. about the fucking Confederate flag. And I'm just like, y'all, like. Yeah. In, I don't know. I'm, I don't know. I can't even get into that mindset. Um, but I can understand how the brainwashing, um, really takes place. And yeah. I love that again, even in this instance of birth of a nation and even in today of days, they say how, uh, the left just has this agenda and they're brainwashing people and no one can think for themselves and da, da 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 and as like liberal as i think that i am middle middle of the road definitely lean lean a hard left um i feel that we are more so like be yourself let me give you the tools and the resources to make the best decisions possible love everyone um respect everyone and mind your damn business and you'll be okay Right. And then on the flip side of that, they're like, they're demons. Mm -hmm. They're trying <laughs> to convert everybody to LGBTQ plus. Uh -huh. And I'm just like, are you are you OK? No, are you they're not. <laughs> <laughs> they're not. They're not. The worst part about that scene with the flag and the little girl getting excited about it is that the mammy gave it to her, the black faced mm. mammy. Mm -hmm. oh my god and then the so the other aspect about mammy giving the flag and really everything that mammy did and what mammy represented 
was the messaging to any black people who may be seeing this film or hear about it or maybe even just read the book i'm not sure about anything about the Klansmen, but it is also feeding into these respectability politics which now like just seeing it in 1915 is so exactly the same as it is now like i i think a big part of me thinks 1960s were respectability politics that's where they polish that and that's where they refined exactly how they want black people to act it's the same stuff from mm -hmm. back then and they're like look at how good mammy is mammy is mammy is mourning the death of every white person that she, that's ever ever beat her and she's so right. happy to do it and we're happy to have her do it because she's mammy she gets mm -hmm. to stand on the porch you know it's like it's so and it worked is the other thing because for a lot of people's survival they did have to go along to get along, wrap the little girl up in her little Confederate flag because that'll make her smile and that'll get you dinner tonight. So I understand. Mm -hmm. I understand it, but I also see where it's what cup that's being poured from. And it's just insane and unfortunately still too familiar in 2022. Mm -hmm. Absolutely yes. ridiculous. Now, I will say I started to get bored in the first part because the story about the war and also the romance were not giving. I was like, I don't really care. So I do have to confess to you. I watched the rest of that movie in double speed. Um, so that is, I, I should have done that. I didn't want to tell you because I watched after. Listen, the way they could have done this, this movie and finished it in probably 85 minutes oh. and not 180 Child. oh yeah. okay yes it's very <laughs> like if y'all again we are not advocating for self-torture okay. however if you so choose to watch birth of a nation just know it moves very slowly it is painful to watch the acting is horrendous the again 107 years ago but still like it was it was not it's not a good time no on many different levels yeah yeah highly so recommend moved, speeding it up <laughs> i wish i would have even thought of that um even the the letter cards they leave up for like 30 seconds it's a long time and it'll be like four words on there and you're like does it really right. take people that long to read uh, anyhow maybe <laughs> so the silverware the civil war ends general lee done gave up mm -hmm. and now we're into reconstruction and the way that white people were like couldn't even make Icon, not even eye contact, because I believe that might have been illegal, but even just looking in the general, the general vicinity of um, Black people, those who were enslaved, being given their freedom. And it was like the white people were just so disgusted by it. Like, like, ugh. like it, it was, yeah. oh, it was atrocious to watch, but they again shaping the way that people think that they can treat other people and that's you know the it, the whole crux of this this movie and the issue with it racially is that people very literally thought that these things were okay to treat people like they weren't people yeah and continue to do so yeah and fully understanding in their minds that these are not people. These are just animals. And mm -hmm. this whole portion, the reconstruction portion, is obviously the worst. Uh, they mm -hmm. really pump up the action in the second part of the movie. Um, but once we get past this political um, situation and they start showcasing, I guess, what they would fear would be true of Black people gaining any sort of independence or power, um, that's when my screenshotting game got stepped mm -hmm. up because it started getting nuts um so oops, <laughs> particular thing. <laughs> i'm gesticulating and hitting my microphone um the particular thing that that was made my eyes bug out was in the house of representatives so they said oh. 
the riot in the master's hall, the Negro party in control in the state house of representatives, 101 blacks against 23 whites. And in the scene, they have people drinking, like hiding their, their alcohol underneath books and putting their feet up on desks without shoes on. And they said they even, they even had to make a rule about wearing shoes as if that would be a thing. Um, it says it is moved and carried that all whites must salute Negro officers in the streets as a warning. Um, in the same thing, one minute later, I take a screenshot of another one that says another uh, intertitle that says the helpless white minority, which is probably my favorite one that I got. Mm-hmm. Um, then the next one says passage of a bill providing for the intermarriage of blacks and whites. At this point in the scene, we're still in the House of Representatives and we see white people enter the House of Representatives. And after that card about intermarriage, which is uh, which is a plot driving mm-hmm. thought, um, mm-hmm. these white women, well, I think men too, come in and all the black men get super horny and super sexually aggressive. And it's like eating their chicken, chicken leg oh, or whatever. Doing everything, doing everything you think they think they would do. Right. I can't believe they gave him a whole ass chicken or tur- whatever it was. <laughs> it, did you, it was like a drumstick or something. Actually, it might even been a turkey leg or something. It was massive. And he's just like, yeah, eating yeah. it. Yeah. And I'm just like, y'all didn't have to go this far, but you oh, did. Oh, but they did. And then, so this is like emphasizing the fear that was in, I guess, the hearts of racist white folk, um, because in another, these are in quick succession, guys. The second part of this movie is the movie. I'm going to be honest. Um, It says, (laughs) later, the grim reaping begins. And then it says the result, the Ku Klux Klan, the organization that saved the South from the anarchy of black rule, but not without the shedding of more blood than Gettysburg. Like, dude, this is when we start setting up that the KKK is the savior because black people have now gotten power. Um, There's so many more details like political and uh, historical things in there. So that's kind of the boring part. But when we get into the scenes about intermarriage, especially with a character who is mixed wanting to marry a white woman, which is the... I guess that's the boss battle. I don't really know. Yeah. <laughs> Silas Lynch, um, I believe, is the lieutenant who is a he's mixed, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so he's he's the one who, you know, starts to get a fancy for one of the white ladies, I believe. And he's also, of course. He can't keep it in his pants, and he's also an alcoholic, and he immediately turns violent. This is also cut in with a scene of a black, a free black man. This is played by a white man in blackface, uh, chasing down a white woman who is frolicking, I guess, um, because he now feels a sense of power because of thing you know the new political agency that he has he says as a lieutenant now i want to marry you and then proceeds to chase her the whole fear of sexual assault it goes on and on the chase scene and this woman jumps off of a cliff literally because a black man might want her and her lover witnesses this and i guess that radicalized him enough that later on he joins the kkk they this literally sets the scene for like the emmett tills and Mm -hmm. those who are not named because we don't know um even to you know present day of the cops being called and just all i'm so exhausted i know it's exhausting (laughs) okay y'all i had to watch this i think i watched it in four parts actually because i couldn't take it anymore um i broke it up with new episodes of love is blind um real housewives um house of dragons and I think that was it. Um, and probably a, a, a 
few chunks of podcasts that I like because it is just it's not even heavy it just is exhausting is the best that I can describe it I want to add a word to that excruciating it's just because we know but then just seeing it it's just I, I just heard this comment um right before we started recording actually talking about the discourse about Halle Bailey playing the Little Mermaid Mm-hmm. Um, which obviously there's a bunch of blowback and, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's an agenda thing, whatever. But um, just just the commentary that this person had was do not argue with racists online about this. The movie is filmed. We're in post-production. Just go watch it they're you know they're doing that over there and the the thing about like we know that's happening over there because we see the effects and we endure the effects of it Mm -hmm. it's one thing but then kind of like being a fly on the wall or in this case like being an observer of, of the history um as presented is just too reconfirming it's like Mm -hmm. way too reconfirming that this is this is where not even where it's born this is just how it's been portrayed and now we've just had to change little ways that it's portrayed over time because of culture and because of political correctness but it's the same thing this Mm -hmm. fear that black men are going to take our daughters you know like the fear that black and white people will get married the fear that black people will gain political power and then the the white minority which is a phrase that i'm hearing more and more will be i don't know destitute hiding in a cabin uh getting shot at and can only be saved by the kkk i guess that's the message it is um it 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 absolutely is and for <laughs> For like no good reason, but to them, it's all very legitimate. Yes, it is. There's a um, there's a scene after the the um, well, technically it's a it's a suicide of the lady, but you know the attempted sexual assault of the white woman, and the KKK comes to save the day by going to get that black man, and uh, obviously murders him and leaves his body on the doorstep of our radical um like um politician i forget his name right now for some reason um but they silas yes silas lynch Mm -hmm. right yeah Uh, they leave his Mm -hmm. body on the porch with a note that just says kkk with a skull on it and then after that they're kind of introducing the KKK as a hero or like announcing them now. And there's a quote and I don't know what the quote is from, or if it's just supposed to be a quote of something that one of them was mouthing. Uh, But it says here, I raise the ancient symbol of an unconquered race of men, the fiery cross of old Scotland's Hills. I quench its flames in the sweetest blood that ever stained the sands of time. This is about, going and burning crosses yeah. this is about the insignia on all the clothes this is about presenting the kkk as a hero um yeah. it's it's wild it's it really is wild in the way that um they later you know everything starts going into chaos mode in the way that they later portray the um the radicals are through quotes like this it says see my people fill the streets with them i will build a black empire and you as a queen shall sit by my side this is when a mixed character is now forcing a white woman to marry him mm-hmm. tying her up having other black people all of which are in blackface uh, violently tie her up white people start hiding in their homes because the blacks have taken over and the kkk isn't here yet they said that the town was taken over by crazed negroes mm-hmm. and then negroes are coming oh my god i have that screenshot too we were triggered by the same thing we're tr- all the same things of yeah. course we were because yeah. like this whole thing was I anyway so then they have um they're trying to go save this woman, right? And what stood what stood out to me is that they mentioned there were white spies disguised. 
And I was mm-hmm. like, disguised? You got all these <laughs> white people over here in blackface and you done did the same thing to these guys. So like, who's who? Thank you. I was confused by that. I was really confused yeah. by that. They didn't do anything to make the white spies look different from the black cast, that like the blackface cast. And so right. I was really confused about who was who and what was what during those scenes. I literally wrote in my notes, I said, not to be confused with the other <laughs> white people in blackface. Right. <laughs> like, it's absolutely insane. Um right. But yeah, they had that scene where I guess these white spies dressed as black people um, were trying to find white people who had KKK robes. So white people were hiding their KKK robes. Yeah, because you would be fined or um, you'd be like, or you'd be given the death penalty for wearing the uniform. So that's why they had the spies to see who had KKK uniforms and then there's the death penalty for that. Um, and so they were going disguised as black people to find this lady. And then she just dramatically wakes up from, you know, her stupor and then <laughs> goes to the windows like, help. Oh my God. Like, I wonder, like, as I'm watching this movie, I can't imagine that they actually filmed it in silence you know, I imagine that they actually had a dialogue, um, but I just I wonder who was like, that's it. That's the take, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, like, good job. Job well done. Anyway, so that, yeah, that's when they go to to try and, you know, save her um, where there's absolute from- chaos trying to save this one white lady in the house mm-hmm. which is supposed to then save the nation and one of the the uh intertitle says ku klux sympathizers victims of the black mobs so it's just clear it's just making it clear in case y'all didn't get it in the last two hours these are the right. heroes we're but don't worry it was looking good for the other side but we're about to collect them now Yes, Insane. and we'll reinforce what we're saying. It's again the adjectives that they use. Um, so I wrote down a couple. Actually, um, this one I needed to look up. Um, I'll look it up really quick. Oh, okay. I didn't know that's what the carpet bagger. I didn't know what that meant, oh, but it's a political yeah. candidate who seeks election in an area where they have no local connections. Oh, mm-hmm. like Dr. Oz. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, what they okay. called folks from the north trying to come down to the south with yeah. like newfangled ideas, you know, which was um, Silas Lynch going to the mm-hmm. south. OK, I get that now. But mm-hmm. also um, they described it as a bestial war, um, helpless mm-hmm. whites, you know, things like that, where it's just, you know, the negative and the positive. And mm-hmm. the one word that stood out to me. <laughs> so much which um again this is not npr y'all this is uh this is <laughs> now we know um but they mentioned scalawag and i was like why does that sound familiar and then <laughs> i was like oh all his scallywag ain't got no hair in a bag that's anyway i'm sorry um (laughs) i was like that's where that comes from i had no idea uh but it's not a good thing so (laughs) scalawag means a person who behaves badly but in an amusingly mischievous rather than harmful way like a rascal and um but still it's not it's not good it's not you know a term of endearment or something like that Nothing, nothing is good. (laughs) Nothing is good. No. And even the music that they played um, throughout the entirety of the film. And again, it's a silent film, so no words are being spoken. And I kind of was hoping for even words over the, the, you know, the letter cards or whatever. But the music that they played when um, the North is coming or um, when Black people were around or white people in blackface it's like a higher tempo it's kind of more fierce or like anxiety ridden Mm -hmm. or anxiety inducing even and it's Mm -hmm. like whoa like no one like they just really nailed it in the coffin Mm -hmm. like we're gonna hit Mm -hmm. every single point and make sure nobody has lost the point of this yep and that's what they did 
They did. And when the KKK comes on and they're riding, marauding through wherever they're marauding through, then we hear trumpets of victory. Mm -hmm. And of course they win in the end. And of course they're compared to, were those Greek gods? Like, I'm so, do you know the ending where all those, it was like, it looked like a scene from Greece to me. It did because they had the head, um, like yeah. the flowers and the headband kind of thing. I thought I saw Jesus. Jesus like... <laughs> was there. Yes, Jesus was present um, as he is always for, always. <laughs> for, you know, birth of a nation. Um, and yeah, so yeah, he was, he said, I'm here. Yeah. And then the yes. last card says liberty and union, one and inseparable now and forever. And it's interesting to see that because of the people who received that message and internalized that, because there are messages just like that nowadays where I'm like, I know that's not for me. And I know that other people really, really internalize this, live by it, have it tattooed. You know what I mean? Seriously. These yeah. ideas, this, this is a movie about ideology. And of course, it's propaganda film. So it is doing one thing and it's doing its job very well it's propaganding trout and it is and i think it it worked too well i'm mm-hmm. it, it was a blockbuster hit it was a big deal for motion pictures mm-hmm. um and i never want to see it again <laughs> that's kind of like where i ended up yeah um i'm glad that we watched it just so that we now have that history uh, you know, we have more knowledge on exactly what goes down in the film. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure that we needed to, but I am glad that I did just to get it out of the way. I, I do think that it's also apt that we watch this uh, for this month, because not only is this a propaganda film and maybe reinforcing ideas for a lot of people, but to us, or at least to me, this is a this plays like a horror movie. And there's just no reprieve at the end. So now I have to go see The Woman King. Now mm-hmm. I have to rewatch the, li- <laughs> the trailer for The Little Mermaid over and over again. Like I, ha- oh, now it's black self-care time because yes. that was wild. <laughs> the uh, Watch the reaction videos. Those are so sweet for The Little oh, Mermaid. So sweet. So sweet. So sweet. Okay. <sighs> well, Donna, thank you for indulging never literally like never again never again no Um, never again no 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 before we get to our year-end episode this is already (laughs) like top of the list for most excruciating to prepare for i agree 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 all right donna it's time for now Now you you know. know we are lightening it up jonathan If you listen to this podcast, I feel like you should already know, already be privy to, already be so well acquainted with this individual I am highlighting for Now You Know. They are a Singalese American director, writer, actress, producer, born in January 1985 known for their unique flair and infectious sense of humor. Issa Rae. (laughs) Yes, Issa Rae. (laughs) She first received attention for her award-winning web series and the accompanying New York Times bestseller, The Misadventures of Awkward Black Girl. She created and starred in the Peabody award-winning HBO series Insecure, which garnered her multiple Emmy and Golden Globe nominations. Ray has also made her mark on the big screen starring in The Photograph and The Lovebirds. In 2020, Ray formed Who Ray, a multifaceted media company that develops content across mediums in an effort to continue to break boundaries in storytelling and representation. Who Ray is comprised of Who Ray Media for film, TV and digital, radio, the musical label, the music label, music supervision company, and audio everywhere company, and Color Creative, its mag, its management division, via Hooray's 
Warner Media deal, Issa has also expanded her executive producer slate with the Emmy Award nominated A Black Lady Sketch Show, the fan favorite docuseries Sweet Life, and the newest HBO series Rap Shit. Ray's commitment to South LA is evident in both her personal and professional pursuits. Um, After planting roots near her childhood home, Issa decided to step up the Hooray headquarters um, to set up the Hooray headquarters in the heart of South LA. Her participation in the nonprofit organization Destination Crenshaw furthers her mission of celebrating Black Angelinos and her ownership in Hilltop Cafe and Kitchen provides much needed jobs and opportunities for local residents, as well as a space for creatives to unlock their potential. Additionally, as co-owner of the Black-owned and operated hair care line at Sienna Naturals, Ray intends to continue to reimagine Black wellness and beauty. Sienna Naturals is a performance-driven vegan hair care line rooted in sustainability and intentionality and was awarded cosmetic cosmopolitan's holy grail beauty award in 2021 so after all that hoot nanny and shenanigans (laughs) of a nation and putting us down i thought we should lift it up yes and i'm might i add obviously insecure is everything and i love what Issa ray puts together but i recently started rap shit and it is also just like a it's so many talented people who I kind of know about um comedians and and podcaster Kid Fury is one of the writers on there like there's so many incredible people Issa Rae does an incredible job of bringing people to opportunities in a similar way that Tyler Perry has been lauded for letting people get opportunities I just think that she uh, sees things in a way that um, agrees with our millennial instincts and I think mm-hmm. she does such a great job of what she does i can't wait to see the next chapter i love that yes i love her so my now you know is also an african-born woman um this is it's really random i you know i i love music i also really love music videos and so i'm on youtube chilling clicking around and i found a goddess and I was like oh my god it's so fun so the person I want to highlight her name is Angelique Kijo um she is a Beninese um I unfortunately am not familiar with Benin uh in -hmm. Africa but she is Beninese and she has made some of the most fun pop African pop music that I've heard ever Um, I can't wait to get deeper into it um, but sp- specifically the video that you have to see, and I do think that the visuals will get you in the mood, um, is from a song called Agolo. A-G-O-L-O, check it out. Um, but she just has really fun music and it, it's carried me through this past weekend and it was what I listened to on my breaks from Birth of a Nation, to be honest. Uh, the videos are very... Um, almost psychedelic, um, very inspired by African culture, probably some of the most beautiful art that I've seen. Like I can see how artists like Beyonce are influenced by this stuff. Like I can see this reference in more uh, modern things. So this is one of the the mothers, if you will. <laughs> um, and something that I found out that was interesting was that in Benin, like there wasn't really going to be education for girls. So she did end up find uh, starting a foundation that provided education for girls, but she was lucky enough in her childhood to be able to be educated. And she apparently invented a word called batonga, um, which is a defiant response to those who told her that girls do not belong in the uh, classroom. Mm. Can't tell you what it means. Just happy that it exists and happy that it means that other girls would be able to go to school um she ended up uh offering almost over 200,000 students um in the poorest regions um shoes to be able to get to school uh supplied access to uh, almost 9,000 students to actually go to school daily so she's really cool um I also believe that she has a song on the soundtrack for Woman King so she is still making music but that 1994 album I think it's called IA um A-Y-E, is a 90s power pop, like that power vocal, but African influence. Oh my God, it's just joy and it's beautiful. And please just treat yourself, just treat yourself. Again, that's Angelique Kijo 
and I hope I said her name right because she has carried me through this past weekend <laughs> and she carried me through the watching of this movie and I hope that she brings y'all joy, joy as well. Absolutely. After this episode, we all need it. Yes. <laughs> and, and now, now you know. know. Of course, you guys, we will drop all of the links to the sources and resources that we have used for the production of this episode in the show notes. So be sure to check that out for the content of the episode, but also for our Now You Know segment. We appreciate y'all for joining us each and every month. If you think that more people can benefit from this conversation, please be sure to share the podcast with a friend or family member. Also, don't forget to leave a review and subscribe to Now We Know wherever you listen. You can find me on Instagram at Donna Janine, or if you want to drop us a note, any feedback, or maybe suggestions on people that you'd like us to cover, send us an email at realrelatablepodcast at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening.